Views and opinions expressed by the hosts are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of their employers. This podcast may not be suitable for children. Adults may find details triggering and or offensive. Listener's discretion is advised. I hope the sound is working this week. Hi, everyone. This is Priscilla. And this is Norma. And you're listening to It's It's a Mystery for for Me. back to another episode of it's the mystery for me tuesdays come by quickly sure does and this tuesday meaning today or whenever you're listening to this episode norma is hosting so norma's about to take us away go ahead norma do your thing Mm -hmm. so for today's case i looked at articles from usa today tampa bay times fox 13 news abc news people magazine had an article The list goes on. There were quite a few articles. Um, There were no shows, though, that I could find, which I thought was interesting. I mean, are there clips on YouTube and stuff? Sure. But it's not like it's like news clips is what I'm saying or like videos from trial, stuff like that. But it's not an actual show. Interesting. And of course, I looked at court documents. Yeah, that's what I have in terms of sources. Great. So for more of today's sources, you can go ahead and check out our website. It's themysteryforme.com or click the link in the show notes. This case takes us back to 2014 in Tampa, Florida. This is a case of Felicia Williams. In 2014, Felicia Williams was nine years old. She lived with her mom and her siblings in East Tampa, Florida. She was a second youngest out of six girls. Wow. So big family. And at the time, Felicia was attending Edison Elementary School in Tampa, and she was in the third grade. Her family describes Felicia as smart, advanced for her age, determined. Her mother specifically said that Felicia could befriend anyone and hold a conversation like she had known them her entire life. Sounds like you as a kid, Norma. Yeah. Everyone loved Norma. I mean, I know a lot of people are not going to be surprised. No, that is true. Like, everywhere I went, I would just make friends with everyone. Yeah. You're like a little Felicia. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, <laughs> I had no friends. <laughs> Priscilla literally would steal my friends. Someone is going to, someone out there is listening to this and saying, yeah, makes sense. And you know what? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, Felicia's aunt described her as an overall great person. She was lovable, sweet, kind. Everyone called her Sugar Plum because she had a round face. Cute. A family friend from their church said that Felicia was a real trusting type. She's very naive and innocent, but I think that that's typical for a nine-year-old, that you should be a child, right? Right. Like, a nine-year-old doesn't think that evil exists in the world necessarily, right? So, Mm -hmm. if someone got a puppy in a truck, you might be inclined to go see the puppy type of thing. Probably. I mean, I think I would, but then, you know, we have a mom that's just, like, super... Oh my gosh, like overly dramatic, overly protective and paranoid, I would say. Right. She had us watching true crime since we were kids. Since we were kids. So 
I don't think that I would have like touched that puppy is what I'm saying. But you'd be surprised because not for nothing, people have parents like that all the time, right? And it could be the case for Felicia. We haven't gotten into her story, but what I've noticed is that kids will just do stuff even if the parent says, don't do it. True. And I was just telling Norma about this TikTok I saw the other day. And apparently there's a YouTuber who does this with like permission of the person's parents. And he basically will text the kid who's like usually between like 12 and 15, I think. And he'll text them and nothing too crazy. Just saying something like, you know, we should meet up and try to like build a relationship with them, right? And again, the parents are in on it. So this mom, and she was a black mom, okay, with a black daughter. This is very Mm -hmm. important. (laughs) This mom said to him, my kid is not going to fall for this. Like, try all you want. I know how I raised her, and she knows better. Well, the girl goes to his house to meet up with him, all right? And the mom is waiting there wearing a mask in the bedroom, okay? So he puts her in the bedroom. He closes the door. The mom's behind the door. And the girl starts screaming. And I mean, it's like a bloody scream. Like, oh my God, oh my God. And it's her mom. She takes off her mask and she just goes in on her, y'all. I told you not to talk to strangers. And what did you do? You came here. She's just saying, I'm sorry, mom. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But honestly, I got chills watching it. Because I feel like that is exhibit A of Mm -hmm. you could tell your kid not to do something. You could really Mm -hmm. hammer it into them. And they could still do it anyways. It's really scary to think about. Where's a girl with a list? I know, right? <laughs> For TikTok of like <laughs> reasons to not have children. Right. Um, so Felicia and her mother, whose name was also Felicia, um, they were especially trusting of this one neighbor whose name is Ebony Wiley. Okay. And she was a family friend. She had a very close relationship specifically with Felicia. Mm-hmm. Almost like a mother-daughter, like godmother relationship. Hmm. But unfortunately, this trust would be broken following the events of Friday, May 16th, 2014. On that Friday of May 16th, 2014, Felicia's 24-year-old sister was watching her and her siblings while their mom was out getting her hair done. So Felicia called her mom and got permission to hang out with Ebony Wiley, who's their neighbor and close friend. Wait, how old is Ebony? I'm glad you asked. She's 23 at this time. Okay, so wait a minute. Felicia's sister who's watching her is 24. Yeah. She doesn't want to hang out with her sister. She wants to hang out with like the 23-year-old neighbor? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Which I thought was kind of bizarre. Um, Maybe she just wanted attention and maybe her sister. I mean, what? She was like the youngest of six siblings. Maybe she was like kind of... Paying attention to the other siblings? Maybe. I mean, that's the impression that I got that Ebony gave her this attention that she was seeking. Okay. And Ebony described herself as being like almost like a godmother figure for her. So on that same day of May 16th, Ebony had a conversation with a 35-year-old man that she had met three days earlier, Granville Ritchie. And she was basically complaining about Felicia to him. She was saying that, you know, Felicia was just like exhibiting certain behaviors. Like she was stealing, she's stealing money, she was stealing phones from her family, um, mm-hmm. allegedly. Right. Another incident that happened was that Felicia showed up to her job and she works at a nursing home. And she said that 
she got in trouble because of that because she showed up oh okay so just like certain things like that and she was basically confiding in this random 35 year old that she met three days ago so he comes up with this idea of like oh you know what we should sit down with felicia and we should basically have an intervention who is this man is he a therapist no this is just some random jamaican man so he's like a doctor phil don't really got a damn degree but no but she (laughs) but even worse because he's jamaican no (laughs) <laughs> we're jamaican by the uh, way y'all so yeah <laughs> so i can jamaic that type of joke <laughs> well ebony was smitten by this jamaican man and it's like i said three days and she had already put him in her phone the contact as my my husband what yeah this is like how you were back in like 2011 what do you mean? I'm kidding. I just want to say that. <laughs> you guys should have seen my face. You're like, I you felt it. confused with yourself. <laughs> wow. Okay. So my husband. Okay. Yeah. So either she is delusional or she is manifesting. You know what? I never even thought about the latter. So. <laughs> Who okay. knows? Hmm. But yeah. So she confided in Granville. So later on that day at 4 p.m., they pick up Felicia from her house and they end up going to Granville's mother's apartment complex in Temple Terrace. And I checked on Google and it's a 19 minute drive from like Tampa. When they get to the apartment complex, he offers Ebony an ecstasy pill, which I thought was very strange. Hmm. Um, And she takes it. Okay, even stranger. She takes it and... That's not enough for her because she wants more drugs, okay? So he basically tells her, like, okay, fine, go buy some weed. And she's adamant about taking Felicia with her. Right. But then he convinces her, like, no, like, how are you going to get weed? There's a nine-year-old in the car. What if you get stopped? That looks bad. But I'm like, why don't you do it then? Right, right. So why don't you you go? He ended up convincing her, and she leaves the apartment by herself at around 4.50 p.m. Okay. So she leaves Felicia. Felicia with Granville, who she's only known for three days. I mean, that's Felicia doesn't know who the hell. That's yeah, her husband. In her mind. I can't. It's just, it's crazy, you know. And then Felicia doesn't even know who the hell this man is. Hmm. I wonder, she must have been feeling kind of scared at that point. Like, Felicia. Kids pick up on energy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, mm, I don't know. Feels like stranger danger. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is I came across an article where um, once they got to the apartment, Ebony told Felicia, like, call your mom, tell her that we're here, Mm. but don't tell her who we're with. Just say it's you and I, we're at a friend's apartment, don't give any details. Is Ebony okay in the head? I mean, okay, I should have guessed it by the my husband entry, right, if I'm taking out the manifestation, but you're telling a child that's not yours Mm-hmm. to lie to their parent by omission mm-hmm. did nothing in her head like click at that moment like hmm something is wrong like this isn't my kid i probably shouldn't do this right well clearly it didn't and she was just high as a cloud at this point because she was gone for 50 minutes as a cloud, I've always heard kite, not cloud. Oh, shit. I meant... <laughs> <laughs> I 
I might kite. Well, it's fine because the cloud is pretty high, y'all. It is high up in there. So Not bad. Okay, what else? Tell us. By the time she returned back to the apartment complex, Felicia was gone. She was not there. What time does she get back? 50 minutes had gone by. Between her getting, she bought weed from her, it said her grandfather's friend, which I'm like, Her grandfather's friend? Yeah. This whole family is like just (laughs) different. So um, I don't know that it says what time specifically she got back. The article did say it took 50 minutes for her to come back to the apartment. So where's the 450 from? That's the time that she left the apartment. Oh, okay. So it took her 50 minutes. Yeah. All right. So the 4.50 was right. Mm-hmm. So she can't got back at 5 something. She got back at 5 something. Yeah. So at that point, Felicia's gone. And basically, Granville tells her that he gave Felicia money to go get candy at CVS. Huh? So before they got to the apartment complex, they ended up stopping for food. Like, all three of them. Okay. Okay. And... There was a CVS within that shopping mall complex where they got food. Okay. So he said he gave her money and she told him that, you know, she'll go get candy from that CVS that they were just at, that shopping center. So, I mean, this all sounds bizarre, but for some reason, like a light bulb does go off because Ebony said, oh, shoot, like. Let me go look for her at the CVS. Mm. So she does this around 5.40 p.m. She enters a CVS. There's surveillance images that captures her there. And she acts as a clerk. You know, have you seen this little girl? She describes her. And um, they said, no, we have not seen this person. Huh? No one fits this, this description came in. No. Mm-hmm. So by the time Ebony ends up going back to the apartment complex... She says that she notices that Granville doesn't have a shirt on and he's sweating. Hmm. So I don't know if it looks like he was doing some sort of physical activity, lifting thing. Like, that's what it appeared to be. Okay. Okay. She thought that that was a little bizarre. Hmm. But... Granville at this point is very upset. He's like, we have to find her. We have to find her. How is she missing? This is crazy. And she says that she's calming him down at this point. Mm. She's like, we can't panic right now. Like, we're going to find her. And so he starts to calm down. And then she starts to panic. And according to one of the articles, she started to say a prayer. She went into the apartment and started praying. Why didn't she call the cops? I don't know because clearly she's just all over the place. She's all over the place. She said a prayer. Okay. And then she starts drinking alcohol and then they have sex. Excuse me? Meanwhile, a child is missing. Meanwhile, a child is missing. I was going to say maybe she hadn't called the cops because she was scared. But I mean, girl, you drinking, you doing all kinds of stuff. I don't know. It's just not very responsible. Yeah. She didn't call the family. She didn't call Felicia's family. She never called 911. And neither of them go looking for Felicia at all. Other than, you know, that CVS run. Nope. So now here's where it gets weird. So later on that night, May 16, 2014, they agreed to lie about what happened. 
So Granville tells Ebony to basically lie by not mentioning him at all. Take him out of the equation. You came here to visit your friend, whose name is Vivian, who technically was his mother who lived in the the complex that he was at. Okay. And you came to visit her. You were here with Felicia. And in the meantime, during that visit, Felicia ran away. Okay. But he, when you say, like, he was at the complex his mom lived at, he was at the apartment his mom lived at. Yes. In the complex. Yeah. Okay. And just to say she ran away. Yeah, to just, you know, keep mm. my name out of it. Because he said that it would look bad on him if his name was brought up. Which I'm like, does do you have, like, a record? Yeah, what are you hiding? Like, what are you hiding? I mean, hiding? it will look bad on any body who's saying you know i lost a kid you're a grown adult yeah like how it's just not making any sense Hmm. and hours go by and ebony eventually does get in contact with felicia's mom this is very late in the night they don't specify as to what time Hmm. and i believe that they meet up at a burger king parking lot that's what one of the articles said and at that point, Felicia's mom is freaking out and calls 911. Good. It seems that by the time Ebony arrived to the Burger King parking lot, yeah. the cops were already there. Ooh, gotcha. Okay. Or they may have arrived like right after, soon after. So she tells the Ooh, mom. Jump scare. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad. This yeah. is the one time I'm glad the cops have shown up. Put a little fear in her heart. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's good they showed up because at least it'll snap her back into reality. If they see, if she sees like, oh, cops are here. Yeah, definitely. I would hope so. So she tells Felicia's mom that, you know, she went to visit a friend earlier that day. And of course, Felicia was with her. And then at some point she ran off and she has not been able to find her since. Hmm. Imagine being told that. Yeah. What do you mean she ran off? Like, where were you when she ran off? Right. So it's just the details to the story. There's so many details missing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Felicia's mom and her family, they're not buying it. They just don't believe that Felicia would just run away like that. But the flip side of that is, is it possible that on her way to CVS, she was abducted? Hmm. Or is it possible, well, they don't have the other information. They don't know that, you know, Felicia was left with this random guy, right? So all that they know is Felicia either ran by herself and somehow was abducted. Or she was probably still in the apartment, but. Yeah, or that. But it would not take long before the family found answers as to Felicia's whereabouts. Because the very next day, on May 17, 2014, a fisherman calls in about a body floating amid the rocks in the Tampa Bay by the Courtney Campbell Causeway. No. Huh? So it appeared to be a black female. Okay. And she was floating face down, nude. The autopsy was done, and it was confirmed that this was, in fact, Felicia. No. Yeah. I really just be hoping every episode that, like, when you say, like, a body's found, 
mm-hmm. that it's not the person we're talking about. Felicia, little nine-year-old Felicia. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. And not only that, she had been repeatedly hit in the head. She was sexually assaulted and she was strangled to death. No. Oh my yeah. goodness. At this point, officers are like, we gotta figure out how this happened. We need to look further into Ebony because she's the last person that saw her alive, essentially. Right. They're questioning Ebony about what happened and now she's telling a completely different story, right? She's now implicating Granville, saying that she was having sex with Granville and that during them having sex, Felicia ran off. She vanished. So she changes her story again. Like, first story, Granville's not in it. Right. Okay, there's Vivian and she goes to visit her friend Vivian and, you know, Felicia runs off. Now, like, Granville is in the picture and Felicia runs off. It's just very, very weird. She's doing everything she can to protect her fake husband. Because even if she puts him in the story the second time, he's still not left alone with Felicia. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, he was there, but we were together and she ran off. That is true. So she is like gung-ho on this becoming her man. One way or another. Damn, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Ebony was actually arrested, though. Um, on charges of lying to the police during the investigation, which is a felony. Good. Right? She maintained her innocence at this point, saying that she did not intend for any of this to happen. She was not at all involved in this. She's shocked. She's sad by what transpired, but she has nothing to do with this. What was her intention? To, you know, pop ecstasy? She basically said she was just super high. And like to be a little drogadita. Probably. <laughs> That's it. She, I mean, hey, that could be goals sometimes too, let me tell you. But what the hell? You doing there are kids around. You are basically you're babysitting. You should yeah. be of like sound mind and body. Ebony's mother actually told reporters that her daughter would never hurt anyone. And specifically with this one child with Felicia, they had such a close relationship that she wouldn't do anything to hurt her specifically. But she was talking bad about Felicia. See, parents don't be knowing their kid. (laughs) And I, listen, not for nothing, I was listening to another true crime podcast and it was about a kid and, well, it was a teenager and they were saying how the stories can be so different when the cops talk to the parents versus the friends versus, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? In this case though, Felicia is like a nine-year-old, right? It's like a little different than you're being like a spontaneous teenager and your personality differs. You know what I'm saying? You got multiple personalities depending Mm -hmm. on the situation. It's like, she's a child, Mm -hmm. but Ebony has already shown that she has some sort of disdain for her. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So it's like her mom is like, Ebony would never, but in this sense like you just never you don't know. know ebony yeah mm-hmm. so it's unclear um when detectives talk to granville but i believe it is on the same day of may 17th so the discovery of felicia's body but he's actually brought in for unrelated drug and sex charges 
what charges? Sex they, charges? They didn't specify. Hmm. So he was arrested for that. And so they're able to now question him on what's going on in Felicia's case with the evidence that they've acquired so far, right? They know that at least Ebony has implicated him somehow. He's in the apartment, whereas her first story, he was not in the apartment. Right. So they're questioning him about that. And he tells investigators that he was with Ebony and he tells them the second story that she tells them, which is that they were having sex and during that time she left the apartment. He then goes on to say that he did drive Ebony back home. So he did a little detour to to notice Sassa, Florida. I'm sorry if I'm butchering that. Which it seems like it was six miles away from where he dropped off Ebony. So he dropped her off at her mom's house. And then he said that he returned back to his mother's apartment. Wait a minute. Didn't Ebony meet up with Felicia's mom in a parking lot? So how is it that she like gets dropped off by him after? I think after he dropped her off home, that's when she called the mother. Oh, and then they because yeah, because she called her very late. Yeah, the police interrogation that happened right after that of them just asking her basic questions ended around three a.m. So to me, like it all started really late. Like he dropped her off, and now she's yeah. He dropped her off. She then tells, I think, her cousin what's going on. Yeah. And I think her cousin convinces her, like, you got to, like, talk to her mom. Right. So then she makes a phone call to her mom, and that's what happens. Gotcha. Yeah. So then he makes a detour on his way back home? Yes. Gotcha. Why did he make this detour? I'm sure he, you're about to tell us. <laughs> he, no, he actually didn't really say as to, like, what he was doing. He just wanted to mention that he made a detour? Yeah, I don't know why he said that. Like, why not just say that you went back home? How just far is the location from this detour he made? From where, like, from where Felicia's body is found? That, I'm not sure. Do you know the name of the river? Tampa Bay. And then, why did, well, it doesn't say why he made the detour. It just said, like, he went to that part of Florida. It's called Tampa Bay River. Yeah, Tampa Bay, but I don't know. Just it Tampa seems like, Bay. and but it seems like River. Ebony mom lived close to Tenasosa, Florida. Okay, I see the Tampa like River, Tampa Bay River. I think. Yeah, that's interesting. So you mm-hmm. don't know the like how far her body is from where his detour is i'm just gonna say this i don't think he's gonna put himself at the scene of like the body so maybe he like said he was at this new place because it's like further away yeah it's possible Mm -hmm. looking on a map what's the name of the um the other town you said to hope whatever t-h-o-n-o got it okay People don't like Apple Maps or whatever. But according to Apple Maps, which I know people are going to think is not accurate. Y'all like Waze. I get it. I don't. Um, It looks like from where her body was found, which is probably around O-Tampa Bay, to the town he made the detour to is about Mm -hmm. 27 minutes. Hmm. So, and you said what part of, um, what part did she live in? 
Like, what part did um, her mom live in? They didn't say. But, I mean, to me, what it sounds like is he's trying to put distance between him and Felicia's body. Yes. Yeah. By saying that he mm-hmm. took a detour. Because I know we don't have too much information on this set, like, this detour exactly, but... I think this whole time, what I've seen or what I've heard so far is like he's trying to outsmart the cops, right? Even with yeah. him telling her what to say, like don't say this, say mm-hmm. this, and did it. Yeah. Like why say you're taking a detour to that specific town? Mm-hmm. You know. So I don't know. It doesn't look like the articles gave much information it didn't it was definitely frustrating trying to piece it all together um i feel like most of the information i got i pieced together from different articles right it was an all in one right okay okay so during the interview granville also made a comment which i thought was strange about what happens to people who molest children in his native island of jamaica they throw them in that's what the, that's what he said and throw them in where he yep. just said they throw them in like lord help me should we text one of our Jamaican what does cousins? that mean they throw them in <laughs> i feel like like throwing you to the wolves throwing right. you in the dirt like i'm googling throw them in patois <laughs> <laughs> i don't think to do I that i swear we are jamaican y'all we're half jamaican but <laughs> clearly like my dad didn't really teach us much about it my mom was more like all about the dominican side so you already know how that go throw them in i don't know i should ask a jamaican though i don't know i mean i guess i could text one of our cousins or something <laughs> and ask them what it means but i think you're you know you're right on the money that it means like you're being thrown to the wolves you know what i'm saying like you're what is it called your ass will be handed to you Mm -hmm. and i feel like again he's very calculated and making this statement to remove himself from the situation like oh i could never do that because in my country like they're the worst of worst people and i'm not one of those people i feel like that's why he's making that statement right hmm Soon enough, officers were able to get phone records from him and from Ebony. Okay. And what they discover is that they definitely were calling each other back and forth the day of May 17th. Oh. And it seems like maybe they were trying to get their alibi. Straight. Straight. Yeah. And there was also like a three-way call with his mom, apparently. We're trying to tell the mom, like, listen, <sighs> if they call you, you were there kind of thing. I don't know. But damn, as a parent, what do you do in that situation? I don't know. I think I'm singing like a canary. Like, <laughs> 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 but it's like, as a parent, I would be like, I taught you better than this. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I'll pay for your lawyer. Maybe not. How about my future kids just don't do no just shit don't, about like this, okay? Please don't do shit like this. That's yeah, why they're frozen exactly. for now. Because I can't. Yeah. <laughs> no, but really, though, because, like, his mom doesn't deserve to be thrown into this no. bullshit. Like, you, just do the right thing. And, like, also don't put yourself in these crazy situations yeah. either. It's like, <laughs> you're about to get caught up, and you're going to get your mom caught up, too? 
Mm -hmm. I'm sure she's elderly. She's, you know, he's 35. Mm -hmm. She got to be in her 50s, at least. Yeah. Like, what? Kids, I tell you. Yep. So officers also look at the pinging of his cell phone specifically. Okay. And what they found is that his cell phone pinged in the area where Felicia's body was found and that it had stayed there for a while. No. So it placed him in the vicinity of the causeway that we were talking about by the Tampa Bay. I can't believe that, but I can believe it. So does it say what time this was at? I didn't get any details about the time. Time of death, nothing like that? No. Hmm. Any DNA found on her? So, no. Nothing? No. Whoa. So, we'll get into that. Oh. We'll we'll definitely... I think this is going to be a shocker. But let's Uh look at the evidence that they do have. Okay. There was actually a 911 call that came in from Granville's cell phone at around 5 p.m. On May 16th? On May 16th. Oh. And there's a presumption that this was Felicia calling 911. Okay, so according to this article, the operator answers, there's a low and discernible noise in the background. And it's only for a couple of seconds, but you could hear the fear, the fear of a child's heart and mind racing. So, like, I don't know what the noise was, but maybe it's just, like, heavy padding, heavy breathing, just someone that's anxious in the background. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And this was at 5 o'clock? Yes. And didn't she leave out the house, like, at around 4.50? Yes. So, oh, my god. So, gosh. like, this was, like, a quick... This was fast. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, detectives also go to search Granville's apartment. And what they find is a broken suitcase wheel. Okay. They see marks on the floor as if, like, the suitcase was being dragged on the... Um, wood floor Hmm. so they could see that they could see imprints on the carpet too um they also noticed that the the apartment was freshly cleaned so those are just a few things they got from the apartment um then they search granville's car and what they find out is that it's actually not granville's car because it belongs to his girlfriend of seven years Excuse me? Yeah. His girlfriend of seven years. Of seven years. He's driving around her car. You see? These dudes ain't Alexis. Alexis? Yeah. A silver Lexus. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And apparently she would just let him borrow her car whenever he needed it. Hmm. Sounds like a lot of people. (laughs) Stop letting these dudes, like, borrow your car, y'all. Stop it. Mm-hmm. I wish a motherfucker would try to borrow my car right now. The car I got now? <laughs> Never. Yeah. But, I mean, we see this all the time, even in movies. Baby boy. Jody Wasn't Jody driving around Yvette's car, dropping her off at work? That's true. Okay. That's very true. Please, like, just... <laughs> now, she, now you got her Lexus wrapped up in this? That's Man. what I was saying. And she said that he had her car for a few days leading oh. up to. Oh. So she, she didn't even have the car at this point for a few wow. days. Mm-hmm. So what they uncovered from the car 
is that they found like soil and plant debris that was consistent with the area that Felicia's body was found. Of course. Okay, because it was found in like a swampy area. So they found that in the passenger side on the floor and they found like sand in the trunk. Mm. Gotcha. They also found like a piece of grass or leaf that was lodged in the headlight for Mm. the car. So it was very similar vegetation to, again, to the crime scene. But it would take three months for Granville to be indicted for the murder of Felicia. Mm. Which I'm like, "Mm, this is not as fast as the other cases that we've done recently. Um, Remember the case that it all happened on August 10th? Yeah. Two weeks ago? Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah, this was not that case. So he doesn't get indicted until August 28th of 2014. And he's charged with capital sexual battery and aggravated child abuse in the death of Felicia Williams. Okay. So... On May 19th of 2014, the news hits her community and her classmates. And there's a news reporter apparently like outside of the school. And the kids just seem distraught because this is her classmate. Yeah. Um, There's like a counselor on the scene that says like they're trying to talk to the kids and just help them where they can but oh it's goodness. very emotional these mm-hmm. tiny humans like they must have been yeah just so, so shocked they were in shock because they're like they're, she's so sweet she's kind oh no you know it's just so unexpected Mm-mm. so after that like there's not really much and the case doesn't go to trial until five years later in September 9th of 2019. What? Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure why there was such a huge delay. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, I feel like some people like to invoke their right to a speedy trial when it's them sitting in jail, right? It sounds to me like he might have been, was he out on bail? Or was he remanded? I feel like he was in jail the entire time. Wow. So... I wonder yeah. why, though, they were taking long. It could, sometimes it's prosecutors trying to get their case to be airtight. Because they didn't have any DNA here. Right, but mm-hmm. still, five years is a long time, though. Yeah, I was really shocked you know, by that. That's mm-hmm. like, I feel like we've seen three years. Yeah, we've seen three years, maybe four years tops, but five, five is a lot. And this was like very, this was tough on her family. Right. Like her mom... I watched like a small clip on like YouTube and man, she just says she wakes up thinking about her. She goes to bed thinking about her. Wow. She's on medication for it. She's not able to function. It's really sad. Yeah. So now at trial, his attorney makes the argument, Granville's attorney makes the argument that there's no DNA evidence in this case. There's no hair fibers. There's no sign of a struggle. But I'm like, there's no sign of a struggle because I'm pretty sure like she was strangled. But okay, that doesn't make any sense. He also suggested that the killer was actually Ebony. That if anything, she had more of a reason to kill Felicia than Granville did. Hmm. 
he brought up the fact that Ebony may have had some sort of a drug problem. Okay. Because she had admitted, you know, to taking an ecstasy pill, but there was another instance where she had taken drugs. Mm -hmm. And I think cops were called. Like, she was hallucinating at a gas station. Oh. Yeah. And I'm seeing that Satan was trapped in her mind. Oh. Yeah. So this was, like, prior to. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Okay. So the defense attorney ends with saying, you know, sure, you do have his cell phone pinging, but that doesn't mean that he murdered her. Okay. Which I'm like, okay, that is kind of an interesting point. Right. You know, what if he just, like, dumped the body is what I'm saying. You know? What if he didn't do the murder? But the prosecution highlights how brutal the murder itself was. Okay. So let's kind of get into the details of that because I don't think I really touched upon it before. So the prosecution focused on the power that the killer had on Felicia. They said it took, according to um, one of the doctors that testified as an expert witness, that it would have taken two minutes to suffocate her. Okay. And the injury to her body, she was clearly raped. Okay. She was, again, strangled for two minutes, and the prosecution um, said to the jury, you know, just stay silent for 60 seconds, essentially. Like, you see how hard that is? Like, imagine he had time to stop. Right. Because she was not dead after 60 seconds. It took two minutes. Right. But he still decided to continue going. He did not have any mercy. So that was a prosecution's point of view of looking at how brutal this murder was. Okay. They also had Ebony testify of... She basically had to admit (laughs) to the fact that her original story was like, oh, yeah, I went to hang out with Vivian Mm -hmm. and I was, you know, Vivian's my friend. And then she had to say, like, yeah, that was a lie. And then we made up another lie that, you know, we were having sex and she left. She had to say all that on the stand. And apparently his girlfriend of seven years also testified that, again, what I was saying about the Lexus, it's her car, but she didn't have possession of that car the days leading up to the disappearance and murder of felicia but wait a minute when ebony left the house to buy drugs from her grandfather's friend (laughs) sorry that is so random but when Uh she did wouldn't cell phone records show that her cell phone is pinging in a different area than the apartment where he's at yeah i would think so but i didn't find any information about that goes into details about her cell phone pinging. The only information I saw was that she clearly had called called Granville after she talked to police right. on the 17th right. to be like, hey. This is what's going on. They got in contact with me. And she actually had asked him, like, are you sure you don't have anything to do with this? Okay. Yeah. So she talked about that on the stand, too. Yeah, because I would think that the prosecution would just point out, hey, look. She wasn't at the apartment mm-hmm. for a quite some time. Look, her mm-hmm. cell phone pings at the grandfather's friend's house or something or in that vicinity. Yeah. So I'm wondering why they didn't say that. And maybe it's because they didn't have that information or, you know, some things got left out of articles, basically. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 
So the trial lasted a few weeks from September 9th to September 25th of 2019, and it would take the jury only four hours to deliberate. Mm. And they found Granville Ritchie guilty of first-degree murder, sexual battery, and aggravated child abuse for the death of Felicia Williams. Mm. Because of the aggravating factors in this case, the jury recommended the death penalty. And so the penalty hearing was held the very next day, September 26th through the 27th of 2019. And he was sentenced to death. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And okay. as this was going on, um, her mom, Felicia Dermerson, she commented that she waited 2,310 days for this day to come. Wow. Yeah. And that she wants him to feel what her daughter felt over and over again. Wow. Now... Felicia's father had a different reaction. He actually said, I'm not like everybody else, bro. I ain't got no ill will against you. And I quote, the journey you got ahead of you, you're going to need God. I forgive you. Wow. Wow. And that's where what her father, Jerome Williams, stated. Wow. Yep. Hmm. So then let's flash forward to October of 2020. This is about Ebony Wiley's case. And she actually pleaded guilty to lying to police during the investigation, right? The murder investigation. And she received a sentence of 75 days plus five years probation, Hmm. which her family was not very happy about. How? Um, I don't know if she had some sort of plea deal. Like, how were they not happy with that sentence, is what I mean. What do you mean? Why weren't they happy with the 75 days? That's letting her off easy. And five years probation? Whose family wasn't happy? Felicia's family. Oh, shoot. I thought you meant Ebony's family. I was like, sorry. Because <laughs> I was like, how are they not happy? Okay, yes. I yeah. understand why Felicia's family is like, what the actual F. Yeah. Yeah. So during that entire thing, her sister actually took the stand. Okay. Um, and I believe her grandma, too. And they said something along the lines of, well, her sister said, I hope you rot in hell. Ooh. And the grandma focused on the fact of, like, why didn't you call 911? Mm. Why didn't you call 911 when my baby was missing? I mean, valid. Mm-hmm. So Ebony ended up taking the stand and she apologized. At this point, she is a mom for, she's a mom of two. Wow. And what was really interesting is that she kept saying that she didn't deserve to be in jail. So it felt like she wasn't really taking accountability for her part in this. Right. Which was very strange. And (laughs) the judge asked her, why do you think you don't deserve to be in jail? And she right. said, because it wasn't intentional. It, it, it wasn't mean... intentional to not tell a lie? That's yeah. what the judge what said? She... Yeah. Yeah. What and she said, was... I, she said, I didn't do it on purpose. Girl, what? What? does she not know what it... Okay. So the judge was Clearly. like, you did do it on purpose. Right. You know? She doesn't understand what that means. And then she's just like, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I'm sorry. I don't deserve jail time. Wow. I'm sorry, I don't deserve it. Wow. Yeah. 
See, that would irk my soul. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm surprised Felicia's family didn't put hands on her. Because what? Like, how are you getting up there and you're not even, like, remorseful? Yeah, I just don't. You and you're, two and kids you're a mom now. Now you're a mother. Yeah. You let your kids be with some random dude? Like, you take your kids to a random dude's house and then go on a drug run? Like, what? It's crazy. It makes no sense. That's very disappointing. Very disappointing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I was, I don't know. I was not expecting that. Yeah. I really wasn't. So in June of 2022, uh, Granville actually appealed his case. Um, that did not go well for him because they affirmed his sentence of death. Wow. But he was basically arguing that there was prosecutorial misconduct because a prosecution had brought up the fact that he was a Jamaican immigrant. So it felt like it was very anti-immigrant. And the court did recognize that it, there were certain parts that were inappropriate about like the closing argument that the prosecution made. Okay. But they said overall, like the facts are facts and there are aggravating factors here and that the jury got it right. Yeah, they probably... You know? honestly said that or i i don't know i could see the court court saying i could see the court saying listen like even if they were wrong it wouldn't change the outcome of the case yeah right like yeah the jury wouldn't have found you innocent Mm -hmm. if they hadn't said that you were a jamaican immigrant right Mm -hmm. like so they probably didn't see it as like that type of error where it needed to be reversed right that's definitely what i was thinking too Hmm. When is he going to be put to death? I don't know, actually. I don't know that there's like a set date that he's been given yet. People just sit on death row sometimes for years. Right. And he's just, I mean, it's been since 2019. Like, he's still fresh. You know, there are people who sit on death row for 20, 30 years. Yeah. So, as far as I know, I haven't seen like a death date. Wow. So... But as far as, like, how her family is doing, um, Mm -hmm. it's just, like, really sad to see what her sisters had to say. Mm. Um, They they do try to honor her, like, the anniversary of her death. And um, in one specific article, they said, one of her sisters said that, and I quote, my sister was a best and she had so much to offer the world. It's really sad the way she left this world. But she's in a better place, you know, and her leg and her legacy will live on forever in our hearts. My goodness. Her other sister said, I just want my sister to know that I love her. I'm so proud of her that she put up a good fight until the very end and that I will never, ever forget her. Wow. And does her family think that Ebony had anything to do with it, that she was the one that killed Felicia? I didn't find anything on that. They do feel like, so there was another quote here, I think from, is this her sister? Yeah, this was something else that her sister said. Um, She said, and I want people to remember, we can prevent stuff like this from happening. I want you all to say her name. I want you to be on the lookout. I want you to protect your neighbor's children. So that's the impression that I got that they do feel that she did play a part in this, that she was irresponsible. Right. But not that she like was the one who 
killed Felicia. Not the one that killed her necessarily, but they still feel like she could have been punished more like severely, I guess. A hundred percent. So they were upset about that. See, the thing is... They felt like she got a slap on the wrist. Right. The thing is, people do things that are like morally incomprehensible and maybe reprehensible where you're just like how they do that every day and sometimes there's not a lot in the book that can capture that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like so even charge i mean they could have maybe tried to charge her as an accomplice but they probably just didn't have enough evidence to tie her to the case you understand so Mm -hmm. it's like let's just get her on something yeah I don't know. And I'm sure their phone records came into play because maybe they were like, wait, her phone wasn't even at that location for some sort of time. Yeah. And there's details probably shared at the trial that we have never heard because they didn't make it to articles. It could be the time of death. Like, wait, like when she died, Mm -hmm. listen, Ebony wasn't even there. You know, it could have been that's what it's Yeah, that's definitely what it seems like. You know, the 911 Mm -hmm. call came in around 5 p.m. Mm -hmm. And they're assuming that she based off of that and the struggle in the background that she died soon after. Right. You know? Yeah. So definitely well before Ebony came back. But you know what? Like a hundred percent she was in the house when Ebony came in and probably Ebony didn't even know. Oh yeah. No, that was what they were saying. Like, okay. So she was definitely in the house, um, stuffed away somewhere. Like he already probably put her in the suitcase. Right. But she was just there. So when he, um made that detour what they think is like they were that he was trying to throw police officers off yeah with his phone pinging there because that's not even the location where his phone like pinged at for a certain amount of time what it seems like he is that he dropped ebony off right he did that random detour he came back home when he came back home that's when they believe that he packed the suitcase into the car okay and he drove back out to the tampa bay um causeway and that's when he dumped her body well i'm glad he was like stupid enough to bring his phone with him amazing job because now we got you exactly where we need you but you mm-hmm. know what i was thinking about when she comes back from looking at cbs mm-hmm. right? she was already there she was still there right she was already there and he was sweating yes so maybe she had like during that time maybe that's when he puts her in the suitcase or that's something what I'm thinking. and like when she comes home initially He's just hoping that she doesn't go in, like, the bedroom or wherever Mm -hmm. Felicia might be laying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, not for nothing, Ebony could have even been killed that day, too, had she, like, happened upon her body or something. You know what I mean? That's true. You just don't know. But yeah, he probably saw, like, hmm, well, she still wants to, like, have sex with me. She still is doing this. Like, she's down to lie for me. All right, cool. I think he was just trying... No, I actually think he was trying to distract her because she was... Like, yeah, she was high, but I feel like he was the one that offered her alcohol. Right. To keep her going. And the ecstasy, too. He offered her... her off right at the beginning. Yes. So I feel like he had a plan. Right. He had a a plan that day, and it was executed because she said that... She made it seem like he was the one that gave her the alcohol, and after that, he was being very, like, sexual towards her. Okay. So it was like he initiated... that entire thing just to distract her just yeah but she was clearly drugged out of her mind and and just kind of went along with it because Mm -hmm. she was just she just wasn't of sane mind at that point Mm -hmm. 
And she's probably thinking, well, yeah, like she'll pop up or we'll figure it out after or he'll help me find her Mm -hmm. or whatever. But yeah. Where does she meet him? Do you know? I have no idea. Someone needs to do like a documentary on this. So we got more tea. Yeah, I wish. Because how did you meet this man? Like, Mm -hmm. where did you meet him? And you know what I mean? Like, were there clues already about like who he was? Mm hmm. First of all, like, did he live with his mom? That's what I want to know. Or did that he live with his girlfriend? That wasn't very clear. It just, it seems like he went back and forth. Hmm. Tricky. Yeah. That's already a red flag. hmm <laughs> Well, at this point. Because, mm-hmm. like, listen, some people, I'll never forget, I was, I was sitting in court watching a criminal court case back in law school, and this popped up as, like, a memory on my Instagram story the other day. But... People do this all the time. There was this guy on the stand and they were like, why didn't you bring the girl back to your place? And he's like, because I live with my mom. And I Mm. wanted some. And that's why I went to my cousin's house with her. (laughs) (laughs) And the whole courtroom laughed. But it's like, these dudes really just be like out here not having a place to live and just like occupying other places. Yeah. And it's like, you're a grown man. You're 35. Right. So, like, Ebony, I don't know what she saw in him at all. Like, he's driving his girlfriend's car around. Probably saying that it's his. Probably saying that, I mean, I wondered if she even knew that he had a girlfriend. Probably not. Probably not. They met three days ago. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? If she writing his name as my my husband, husband. I don't know. (laughs) Chances are. Probably not. Probably not. Mm -hmm. But I guess that's this week's case. Mm -hmm. Really, really sad. It's hard doing, especially, like, cases about kids. Yeah. Because, wow, she Felicia was just nine years She's old. She's just nine. She's a baby. I can only imagine what that 911 operator heard. But did the 911 operator try to call the number back? Did she send units? Like, did they find out the location? I honestly don't even know. I don't know. 2014 don't... technology was different. I feel like these days they could, like... You think so? I don't know. It wasn't that far behind <laughs> us. <laughs> I'm saying it like ancient, but that was nine years ago. Yeah. There have been a lot of advancements where you could, I think you could text 911. Should yeah. we try it? I'm kidding. I'm not going to try it because I don't want to take away real resources from people. Mm-hmm. But I think it is to the point that you really could text 911. Yeah. I don't know seriously what came out of that. I don't believe that there was any dispatch after that yes. to the apartment. It says here, yeah. Can you text 911? It says, yes, you can text it now. But I don't think you could but in 2014. Exactly. In 2014, okay. I don't think you could. Yeah. Dispatchers will ask if they can call you. And they also say here on Google, location is not as accurate with text as it is with a call. Be sure to text your exact address. Damn. <laughs> Basically, just call. It says here, a text or data plan is required to use text to 911. What? So if you didn't pay your phone bill that month, that's it for you? Wow. Wow. I just feel like call. that's the one number that you should absolutely be able to call, and I hope that Google is wrong. Wait, you can't even call it? What are you well, saying? Well, like, even if you call, like, I'm guessing if you can't text it because you need a plan, if you don't have a plan, can you call them? I don't know. I don't think you can. I really, I'm confused now. Like, should I Google that? Hold on. Yeah. Please do. Can I call 911 if I don't have a cell phone plan? Let me see. 
No, it says here, ooh, okay. All, all wireless phones, even those that are not subscribed to or supported by a specific carrier can call 911. Okay. Ooh. It says you can still make a successful 911 call even if your device has no network sing signal and or is not equipped with a wireless calling plan. All right. Oof. Really? I got scared for a second. You can make a 9 But apparently texting you can't. But I mean, still text because you never know. Google be wrong all the time. You feel me? True. But like, wait, you can call 911 if you don't have any signal? That's what it says here on Google. It's, this is on 911.gov. Oh. It says here. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. The part where it says you can call without a signal. Well, no, it says that's on firefighternow.com. So I don't know if that's reliable. Hmm. Can you call 911 without a SIM card? Yeah, it says here every cell phone. in a. Well, I don't. Okay, so I don't know about the service, if the service thing is true or not, because I've seen people like, like, if you don't have service, like, what can you do? But it says here, yes, every phone in America, whether you have a plan or a SIM card, should be able to call 911. The texting, um, I'm not sure about the texting. Okay. I'm not sure about the texting part. It hmm. seems like you might need a texting plan for that. But, yeah, I don't know. I was just wondering about the 911 operator. and I, I w- yeah. I'm just curious, like, if they sent units, if they I don't, notified people. I don't people, think so. They, but if they heard what you said, yeah, which was like a child in distress. And prosecution brought it up during trial too. Why wouldn't you send units or try to call the number back or like? I really, I don't know. So I, just, I hope that that's just information that they left out. Right, right. I'm hoping you know? too. There just seems to me like there is still like a lot of detail in this case, but there's a lot we're missing. Yes. So let's see. Maybe we'll have future updates on the case. I mean, if yeah. an episode comes out. Yeah, I'm surprised that they we'll have. We'll definitely cover it again, I guess. Yeah. There are so many articles and I'm like, how is this not, you know, in a show? I like, how has no one picked it up yet? Right. I'm really shocked. I mean, this is how I feel about the case that we're covering for the first time that like no articles have even covered like that. Right. In detail, right? Mm-hmm. So. We are busy with that, doing our little investigative crime work, and you guys will be hearing that episode, I think, in two weeks or so. Depends. Like, if it's not ready when we come back, which was what? If it's not ready when we return, which would be the 28th, then it would probably come out the week after, but there'll still be an episode on the 28th, so no worries. Um... And that's it. Yeah. So next so. week we are off for President's Day week. And then we'll see you guys again on February 28th. Y'all be safe out here. Be cautious about your neighbors. Not all of them are, <laughs> you know, trustworthy. sound mind. That you can't too. just knock on anybody's. You can't just knock on anyone's door and ask to borrow sugar or anything like you see in the movies. Mm-hmm. Be careful. Keep an eye out. And we send well wishes to Felicia Williams' family. We do. And we hope Ebony gets the help that she needs, like, Mm -hmm. therapeutically. Yeah. To, like, understand that she does have a part in this. Yeah. And that concludes this week's case. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye.